Well, we've made it to the final episode of season four of The Scrub Life. This episode seven is in regards to renal transplantation, and I couldn't be more proud of Michelle, Jennifer, and Stephanie for the amazing job that they did. I hope that this episode touches your heart as much as it did mine. So without further ado, let's get started. students in the surgical technology program at TCC. We will be discussing the importance of surgical technology students having an understanding of what the renal transplant patient and donor are experiencing. As future healthcare providers, we are often not able to hold these conversations with our patients, so this perspective will give us better insight. Then we will get to understand the renal surgery by interviewing a certified surgical first assist. All right, so tossing off the mic to Michelle, she will be interviewing the patient. All right, this is uh, Michelle Bonilla, and I have Christopher Bonilla, my father-in-law, here for an interview. Uh, Christopher, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Um, How long have you lived with renal disease, and what is everyday like for you? I have been experiencing renal failure for approximately six years now. Um, Everyday life is pretty much the same as if I did not have renal failure, with the exception of I have to religiously perform dialysis, uh, and I do dialysis at home and it's called peritoneal dialysis Um, the peritoneal dialysis that my particular therapy requires eight hours a day of dialysis and uh, that's it I do that at home okay um and Do you want to talk about the process of getting on the transplant list and what kind of obstacles you've faced doing that and just kind of what that process is like? Okay, well, to get on the the transplant list, uh, there's much medical evaluation, just first of all, to make sure... I'm assuming that I am healthy enough and that my body will be able to accept transplant. And me in particular, I have been working towards getting the transplant on several different occasions, but for myself, I, the obstacles that I've overcome, I've had several um, <laughs> medical interventions that have required the transplant process to be put on hold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Congestive heart failure, automobile accidents, things of this sort, and the recovery time required to get through those processes have pushed my uh, transplant process back several times over the last several years. 
So do you, what, what is your status as of today, would you say? Well, actually, I think I have done all of the testing required. And then, lo and behold, uh, COVID-19 came around. And uh, my transplant team has contacted me about, we're ready to do your transplant. What do you think? And I'm telling them, I think I don't want to do anything while COVID is running rampant in the public scenario. And also, in my opinion, even in the hospital scenario. Right. And uh, my concern is that when my understanding is that when I do transplant, that afterwards, my immune system is going to be next to none mm-hmm. and i just cannot imagine myself putting me my, putting myself in a hospital scenario with zero immune system and covid's running rampant right. that just terrifies me yeah so i have asked them to not do transplant at this particular time and they go if you decide not to do it at this time we have to start the medical testing all over again i go you know that's fine with me we'll do it over again until i feel comfortable that uh you know covid's in check right i can understand that so that that was my next question was what concerns do you have about the surgery and or recovery which I guess I really hadn't thought about, you know, what impact COVID-19 would have on it, but I can completely understand your concern about that. Well, and not only that, now that COVID has been around for a while, I've already gotten my vaccines. And the first question I'm going to have for my transplant team is what protocol procedures are now in place to check the donated kidney for COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know that there are procedures yet. No one's talked to me about that. Yeah. And uh, it seemed like that would be kind of high on the list. So the last question I have is just, what would it mean getting a kidney to you? Is that is that something you feel would be life-changing for you? Is that, I mean, what are your, how do you feel about that? Because it, I know you have a lot of concerns about the surgery itself. I do. Um, you know, and, and in the last five and six years, I have been in and out of the hospital. And uh, and I hate to say it, with, with life-threatening situations that I've had that, that thank the Lord I've been able to overcome, but um, I want to do the kidney transplant, but I'm incredibly apprehensive about any surgery, and and I'm apprehensive even about this one, Mm -hmm. but uh, it would be nothing more pleasing to me to have a transplant, and then when it comes to be bedtime, I can just jump into bed. Right. Right now, I have about an hour procedure daily that I must perform before I can go to bed uh, doing the dialysis. Right. You know, the, you know, the trade-offs are uh, I'm not having to go to a clinic to do um, dialysis because 
When I first started dialysis, I, I did it for 30 days. I did hemodialysis, and uh, I just kind of feel like there's too many risks involved in hemodialysis. Right. But uh, no, no, uh, a transplant would be a blessing. Although, even with the transplant, I'm going to have to be taking immune suppression drugs, which are incredibly costly. And uh, again, my concern is if I'm going to have the drugs that I'm taking, the prescriptions that I'll be taking to suppress the immune system, you know, what if I want to get next to my grandchildren and hug and kiss them? And and, uh, am I going to get a common cold or cough or something just being having interaction right. so you know it's you're, you're, you're trading one set of issues for another set of issues right do you have anything that you want to talk about specifically or anything you feel like um people need to be aware of or one thing that i try to stress when i come in contact with the medical field or people students is compassion mm-hmm. because I've been in and out of almost every hospital in Fort Worth and had lots of different medical teams and cardiologists and nephrologists and, oh, my God, you know, you name it. And um, I can tell the ones that have, the individuals that have compassion and the ones that don't. And let me tell you, that compassion for the patient goes an extremely long way. On behalf of us, Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your story. All right, Stephanie, I'm gonna pass it back over to you. Here are some fun facts according to the Health Resources and Services Administration. 107,000 plus men, women, and children are on the national transplant list as of February, 2021. 39,000 transplants were performed last year in 2020. 17 people die every day waiting for an organ transplant. Every nine minutes, another person is added on to the transplant waiting list. And my favorite fact is that one donor can save eight lives. So one person can give eight organs and that can save eight different lives. We have a heart, two lungs, a liver, a pancreas, two kidneys, and the intestines. That's pretty amazing. Thank you so much, Stephanie. All right, and I'm here with our next guest, Christina. I'm Christina Herrera. I'm Michelle's aunt, and um, I'm 56 years old, lived here in Fort Worth my whole life. Um, My first question is, when was the moment um, you realized you were ready to um, donate your kidney to someone in need? So my my husband's family has a, a disease in their kidney that either, the and it's his father's side of the family, that a lot of them have had to have dialysis or they've had to have uh, kidney transplants. Some of them have sadly passed away. And um, so Nemo has to, Nemo's my husband, has to have his kidneys checked every year 
for the same problem. So sadly, the mom died. We got together with the with the family. Slowly, we realized Baco was in the same situation. He was having to do dialysis, not as often as he was this past year, but he was developing, like, getting worse throughout the year. So I talked to my brother, like, two years ago, and he called me, and he was crying, my brother Lee, and he said, did you know Baco was on YouTube asking for someone to help him with his kidney? I said, no, I hadn't seen that. And so he directed me to where it was, and I went. And sure enough, he was out there asking uh, anyone. He was on the transplant list to give him a kidney. And he'd never really, like, talked to y'all and said, hey, nope. I'm... Nope. Kind of joked about it. Hey, yeah. give me a kidney, you know, kind of thing, because he was a jokester. And then so at that time, I remember thinking, wow, I wish I could do it, but I'm not going to do it, you know. You're cut from top to bottom, sternum to top. Right. And so it went on a year, right? So then 2020 was a rather hard year for me. And I started, uh, COVID happened. We stayed home. Um, instead of, you know, just sitting around, getting fat, I lost 35 pounds and started exercising and getting Which healthy. You look so great. Thank you. And getting healthy, and I thought, I always, I always say, you know, God, what do you have in store for me? What do you have in store for me? So then I thought, it always been in the back of my mind, and he, he was slowly getting weaker and weaker. And I said, uh, I told Nemo, I said, what do you think about me, you know, donating a kidney? And I asked my kids, and they were all like, are you crazy? Eventually, I made a plan for myself. I... I went to the dentist last week. I was supposed to be in San Antonio last Thursday, last Friday. And was that going to be for the eight-hour yep. CAT scan, all that? Okay. That was going to be the last step. The last step. From the last step, then they would tell me that, yep, you know, you're good to go. You're healthy enough to do it. And then she said we would schedule you a month out. So I was like, okay, great. I'm trying to move. I'm trying to do this. A month will be great. Well, then I went to the dentist last week. They uh, saw that I had high blood pressure. I'm, I'm thinking we have, you know, time. Uh, Baco's 50 years old. And I'm like, okay, great. I want to be, you know, tip-top shape. Let's do this. Okay, we'll wait a month. The Thursday, we were supposed to be there. We were supposed to do our workup. Of course, we didn't go because of my blood pressure. We were supposed to meet Baco that evening and stay with him at his house. So Friday, they couldn't find him. His dialysis nurse said he missed work. And they sent a welfare check to his house to see why he wasn't answering the phone or why he wasn't answering the door. And he, they had to pretty much bust down the door with his brother there and they found him peacefully in bed he had he had passed the night before so sadly the this story ends with me not being able yeah. to to donate to someone who when you think about how they're living every day he had to go to dialysis all the time so he passed and he didn't he never got to know that I was testing for him. He never got to 
Uh-oh. He never got to tell him that. I never got to tell him. So the day that this happened, I mean, we were just devastated. And I spoke to his donor. I said, we just lost Baco. And he said, uh, he goes, I'm so sorry. He was like, I just, he's like, I loved him so much. I'm like, oh, I know, Michael, we all did. He goes, Christina, he knew someone was testing for him. He said he knew. And he was so excited that someone was testing for him. He goes, and he goes, I think he knew it was you. He goes, I think he knew it was you. I said, I hope he did. He goes, because, he goes, I didn't tell him. He goes, I didn't tell him. He goes, but I think he did. She, I said, I hope he did. So we lost him, but it made me aware this whole, you know, the whole year of doing this, getting ready, made me uh, realize what some people are going through we don't even yeah. know. I don't think. You know, so many people want to help others and want to say that, okay, you know, I would be willing to do it, but you were actually going through it and you actually were doing it. And I don't think many people are as selfless as you. And I'm just really sorry that he passed. He passed away. I loved him. I, I loved him. He was, he was very sweet, very sweet guy, but yeah. Well, thank you, Christina. Well, if it helps anybody at all, I'm, I'm happy to, I was happy to be a part of it. Thank you, Michelle. Unfortunately, my aunt's story did not end the way we anticipated. Next, I'm going to pass it over to Jennifer. CSFA and we're going to go over some questions about renal transplants. So how long have you been a certified surgical first assist? I've been a surgical assistant for about 10 years. And how many transplant have you uh, assisted and how many of those were renal transplants? Uh, Over the last 10 years I've probably done 150 or 200 transplants, the majority of which were renal transplants. I've done Uh, probably 15 or 20 heart transplants, probably another 20 or 25 liver transplants, uh, and just a couple pancreatic transplants. Most of them have been been renals. What is your job during a renal transplant? A job surgical assistant is to provide a second pair of hands to that operation. Uh, Because of different uh, hospital bylaws at each facility allows me to do a little bit different things Uh, Certain hospitals focus primarily and assistant on exposure, retraction, um, generally anything that would just help the visualization and as a supportive role for the surgery. In academic facilities and facilities that uh, allow surgical assistants to really expand on their scope of practice and their abilities, uh, we do things such as helping in vessel anastomosis, uh, closure closure of all uh, cavities and planes, uh, to, to the end of the procedure. And how long does a renal transplant surgery usually take? Kidney transplants are pretty quick. Uh, if you get a skilled surgeon who's been doing it a while, it'll probably take anywhere from an hour and a half to maybe two hours of operative time. Uh, the setup time is a lot longer just because when you get uh, notification that a kidney donor is available, uh, you would start setting up that room sometimes two hours before the surgery time actually starts. They have to get slush machines ready. They actually have to get the organ 
in-house, which comes sometimes can come from out of state. Uh, but the surgery itself usually is anywhere between an hour and a half to two hours. Um, what, what do you think, or what is the expected outcome for the recipient and the donor? If it's a living donor, uh, their outcomes are usually very good. They're usually in the hospital for uh, probably a day or two of monitoring, and then they and they leave. They're usually not in the facility very long. Uh, even the recipient donors, if they're in good health going into surgery outside of their renal functioning, then uh, sometimes they can only be in the hospital for a few days and then get released as an outpatient uh, recovery. Are you a donor? I am, I am a donor. I have not donated, but I am a donor, organ donor. That's great. All right, thank you so much for your time. As healthcare professionals, I think we can all agree that our patient is our main priority. Understanding the surgery is just as important as understanding our patients and what they're going through. This, in the long run, will only make us better surgical technologists. Thank you again for joining us, and we hope this was educating, insightful, and we hope you have a great day. That concludes season four of The Scrub Life, and episode seven was just so special to me. So not only did Michelle, Jennifer, and Stephanie do such a great job, but I would like to, number one, say thank you to Christina Herrera for her selfless donation of a kidney. We really need more donors out there like you all, and your sacrifice does not go unnoticed. I would also like to say that I send condolences and prayers out for the family of Christopher Bonilla. And thank you so much for being so brave and sharing your story um, and your long wait on the renal transplant list. Also, thank you to Derek, our CSFA, for giving his take on his role in the operating room. We really are grateful for all of you and think this is a wonderful way to wrap up an incredible season. Congratulations to the class of 2021. You have all graduated and your future is so bright and we are grateful that you are a part of our program and can't wait to see the amazing things that you do and the incredible way that you're going to take care of your patients. If you would like more information on our program, please visit our Instagram page at TCC Surge Tech. You can also search the Scrub Life podcast to find our Facebook page. And for information on this episode, as well as references, please visit our webpage, thescrublifepodcast.wordpress.com. Finally, my name is Chris Blevins. I am the director of the Tarrant County College Surgical Technology Program. I am so grateful for your support of our students. I'm grateful for the team that it takes to 
educate these incredible certified surgical technologists and to our hospitals, our preceptors, and to all of the family members out there who sacrifice along with your students to support them in this journey. We are incredibly grateful and know that the patients are going to be in wonderful hands due to all of your hard work. From the TCC Surge Tech family to yours, thank you for following us and stay tuned for season five from the class of 2022.